Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I've got a special guest today, Bill Conrad. Bill is a very talented man who's had a lot of great experiences in life, ranging from the military to real estate to new media to online education to podcasting and all these different things. And we're really going to dig into his story and kind of pull some knowledge out of him and all his experience with new media and business in general. But first, Bill, I wanted to thank you for coming on the show. Well, thanks, Chris. I appreciate it very much. Uh, we met actually through podcasting, I believe, on WP Tonic, 10, WP Tonic, which is a very successful WordPress podcast. Absolutely. And I actually recently uh, re-interviewed Jonathan, or I interviewed Jonathan Dinwood just the other day. So that's- Are you kidding me, Jonathan? (laughs) I love Jonathan. He just got me a ticket to uh, WordCamp Orange County yesterday. Awesome. We love to go to WordCamps. Yeah. I mean, and that's a big takeaway right there. It's just the power of podcasting for connecting people. But we're going to get into that in just a little bit. Um, Just so people listening, if they haven't heard of you yet, can you tell us a little bit about your background? And I know you've got a course called Podcasters Home and are, are really wanting to help uh, people get going with podcasting, which there's a huge demand for that. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But where'd you come from? What's, what's kind of your short story and, and what do you do? Well, right out of high school, I was going to go in the Marine Corps as a crew chief on a helicopter. My mom said, well, why don't you try to go to the Naval Academy and become a pilot that way? Because I want to be a, a Marine pilot. Well, I applied and I ended up going to West Point, which pretty interesting. I ended up becoming a helicopter pilot, a few other things along the way, Special Forces Ranger, went to flight school at 27, applied five times to flight school. So I think there's a, my first lesson there is um, if you want something, don't quit. So at 27, which is relatively old, I went to flight school as Ranger Special Forces officer and flew, flew in special operations, got out after nine years. I started a design build construction company and uh, the war broke out and got back in the military. That sort of hardened the construction company. But I was always into design, build, three-dimensional design, construction, exchange servers. I spent $100,000 on our uh, systems to design houses and subdivisions, and it paid off. A really nice exchange. So, I like technology. But something after 9-11, it really, my focus was uh, half military. And then uh, when I wasn't doing military, I was helping uh, my wife's real estate companies uh, build. And I really enjoyed that. I had more time. So, I really haven't done construction since then. When I got out of active duty, I went back into active. When I got out in 2000. I came back, uh, actually, December 7th, 2012 was my last deployment to Afghanistan. And about two months later, three months later, I was completely out of the military. And I was going to start a real estate company here in Reno, Nevada, where we moved to, starting from the basics. And my wife didn't want to uh, start another office right now. So I said, okay, let me, let me do something I want to do. So I dug into computers, got into podcasting. And one reason why I got into podcasting is for real estate, I wanted to start a, a course like Star Power, which used to be sent out in discs, which we use for a real estate business. And I never did that. I started just interviewing people. <laughs> and uh, then I realized I had to learn WordPress. And then I learned I had to learn all these different things WordPress opened up. And one of them was learning management systems. And so I started looking at better ways to train real estate agents. And I really enjoy podcasting. And I'm also uh, working on a reserve deputy program because I was either in the military or in the reserves my entire life from high school. So I'm trying to go back right now and get uh, sworn as a deputy reserve sheriff, uh, not to do it full time, but to do it for my community. And also I like jujitsu. So I've got all the videos and all the tapes ready to go make a training course on defensive training, which is a good thing. And that's, that's where I am today. I'm three years of just hard study and hard work to tell the truth and, and much more than I can get in a college or university. 
Well, you're definitely a multi-passionate guy and do a lot of different things, which is awesome. And I know we could, we connect on that when we met. Uh, I'm really into real estate. We're both into the outdoors. You know, we're family guys. We, we're trying to figure out this whole new media thing. And, uh, and you, you mentioned in our earlier conversation that new media, it's not just podcasting. It's the whole mesh of it all, of which audio and podcasting is a part of. But what's, what do you think the challenges are of learning new media? And like, how have you gone about it? I mean, like you said, you've tried five times and you don't give up. But like, you know, how, how does someone approach getting a handle on new media? I mean, we hear it throw around, but what is it? And how does someone really embrace it for real world, real world results? That's a really good question. You know, it's, it's been around for a while since the internet started. It, and blogs started and all that sort of thing. I would say the first thing to do, I wouldn't start podcasting right away, even though I, I think you can. You, I've got a course you can get up in two hours. But I'd really try to master a platform like WordPress to have the basic understanding and start blogging. I think, didn't you start sort of like that, blogging? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I started blogging. That's what I, I did. And yeah. I, started, I created a blog about uh, my experiences outdoors, and I was writing mm -hmm. for outdoor professionals like myself. For very little money, you can start a vlog. And if you can blog and post something every day and just get used to it and you learn how to put pictures up and tag pictures and get SEO and all those things. I've done that for my wife's little real estate company and she's rating number one in Reno right now for SEO. I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out how to beat the big guys too. And that's just from a, a good blog. And we put all sorts of interesting stories up and we write. And then you add a podcast to that later, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, what else is in new media besides blogging and podcasting? Well, we've got YouTube, we've got podcasting, we've got, we've got any, any websites part of new media. We've got all sorts of different tools now for marketing. Social got, media. You know, the autoresponder, you've got Facebook, you've got uh, Google Plus. You know, Google Plus is really interesting. A lot of people underrate it, the Google Plus account, um, because of the SEO that comes out of it, and YouTube. Um, another thing I tested like a year and a half ago, two years, they had more fun doing this. I had timelines, which I really enjoy. Which is a my, podcast. Yeah, it was your podcast. I still enjoy doing the podcast, but it takes time. So I started saying, well, I was looking at, I interviewed just uh, podcasters, but I only did it on YouTube. And then I took the very best shows and I put them up on the timelines. But I said, man, this is kind of cool. I tested my podcast on YouTube before I went into podcasting. To make sure you had a, a demand, is that what you mean? Or what? Yeah, and you could see it and you could feel it. And I did it uh, with Skype and Call Recorder. And then put it up on YouTube. And I love those shits. That's awesome. That's I mean, awesome. so it's, you know, it's everything. I mean, new media is like, what, what's your definition of new media? To me, it's anything online, basically. Yeah, everything, as long as it's connecting people with information of any format online, that's, that's new media. And it, it can be overwhelming. Yeah, marketing. Well, you're, I mean, <clears throat> I've flown around in helicopters a lot, not as a pilot, as a passenger. You're into you're your pilot three dimension three dimensional uh, thinking and visual and you mentioned all these things in terms of design. Um, I think that gives you a unique skill set in taking complex subjects and bringing it down to the essentials. Uh, yeah, building a podcast as an example, you have a course Podcasters Home. Um, how do you teach somebody something complex without and you know they're already really worried about oh my gosh, this is too complicated, it's too technical, there's too many moving parts. How do you teach someone? Well, Podcaster's Home is the free course right now. And it's, it's how to create a podcast in four hours using an iPhone. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm making another course called 
podcasting in two hours. I'm strictly using a Mac and an iPhone. And the iPhone, you, so you got to use a simple platform that works to get people to understand the concepts, the big pieces without understanding the details. So by just taking a two-minute interview, just do a two-minute podcast every other day, just a little vlog, actually. Do a vlog. Put it up on Google, on YouTube, and then take that same feed and bring it back and put it on a podcast because YouTube actually will clarify the sound when you download it. So you're done. You've got reasonable sound and you've done it on your iPhone, which is designed for your voice. So you've got a lot of good tools, simple tools. Don't understand how it all works. Just get the big pieces down. Then you, get a, you hook it into a media server and you hook it into iTunes, which takes two seconds. Because I, I, I feel like I'm relatively sharp and I took someone else's course when I first got out. Now, it wasn't the big guy's course, but it was someone out there. And they made it too complicated. They started too complex with all the details. I don't need the details. I just need the big parts. And then that opens, you can learn so much faster by knowing how it works and to see it work. So literally in one weekend, actually in one morning, you should be able to get a podcast up. And my last iTunes was up within 24 hours, actually on iTunes. Now my art, and my, I've found some new tools in art to make art even faster. <laughs> Right. Well, and let me just clarify just a couple things in there. You mentioned an iPhone, yeah, uh, a MacBook Pro, a media server. Yeah. Is that like a Libsyn account? I use Libsyn, but I also like Blueberry. I'm on the next two-hour course. We may be using Blueberry. Okay, so the let's Lipsyn just say we're, say we're using Libsyn, yeah. and then an yeah. iTunes I, account. So you really just need these four parts. That's the right. Minimum. That's a good, and, and that's why the next course is only going to be four lessons. And I'm going to take the last course and break it down to simplify it. I'm also doing a really good PDF with it. So you can have a reference to look at. I love, I still like, you know, I love digital and that you can pull a PDF and I can't see this, but I still like paper to print out and write notes on and scribble on. That's really awesome. And uh, I just want to highlight what you said when you were teaching somebody, especially something, somebody new. And uh, we talk a lot about on this podcast, the importance of having a free course or an entry level course. Um, but you're, you're giving them advanced or you're giving them concepts without the need to understand the detail just to get the gears moving and also to right. get, re get results quickly. Your, your two minute right. po po for podcast episode one may not be the best in the world, but what you're saying is after a couple of hours or within a day or whatever, you can prove to yourself that you can do it and there's nowhere to go, but up. That's, right, right. And you know, it's not that bad. iPhone makes you sound pretty darn good. And plus, you're getting credibility now. You show one, two, three. Another thing I teach now in the big picture is your episode one is your first episode, two and three, you launch all at one time. But you hold off on your zero, zero episode until you're comfortable. That's the episode that talks about you post it and then you re I can show you how you, I don't want to get into the weeds, but how you said it, you post it for a week or two and then you put it back at the very start of your podcast links. That's awesome. And that's just like so, building a course. It often makes sense to write lesson one last or write the sales page mm -hmm, at the end. Right. I mean, it makes total sense. Zero Zero in the podcasting world has come to be about the person, about the podcast and sort of the overview of it. But um, just get something up because I remember what a challenge it was for me to get up on iTunes. And it, in retrospect, it shouldn't have been. I was down in the weeds when I didn't have to be in the weeds. Yeah, that's a really good point. Well, <clears throat> Uh, a lot of there's a segment of people who listen to the show who are actually into teaching people about real estate. It's actually a big niche in online education, whether that's sales related or per, you know management related or uh, you know career related. And we were talking about this book, uh, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent by Gary Keller, right? 
Right. Wonderful book. Yeah, and, really good. and Dave yeah. Jenkins and uh, Jay Papatus or whatever his name is. And these are the guys behind uh, the Keller Williams real estate empire, if you will. I've read that book uh, a while ago, but one, one of the things you said that actually fascinated me the most is you said uh, just recently you reread it. This was written in 2002. So even though listen, you already listened to it <laughs> or you listened to it while you were driving, but um, sometimes when you're, you real estate can be a complex subject. And so it's mm-hmm. important to revisit the fundamentals. Like I recently reread uh, the lean startup. I read that many years ago. I re I reread it and I actually got a lot more out of it and learned some more. And I think I could actually teach other people some of the concepts in that book better because I revisited it. But what, so what, what's up with you? Like in terms of why did you revisit that book? Yeah, um, basically I listened to it. I like to listen to things too while I was driving and I have a 17 minutes and 49 seconds left of 10 hours okay. plus of, of listening. And I re-listened to it because it motivated me so much. I, it came out about 2001, somewhere around 9-11. I got it while I was on deployment and sort of read it. I've read some interesting books while on deployment and some in Afghanistan and those places late at night in 15 minutes with a little light. And it really motivated me. And I came back with this book and really, literally, I love design, build, construction, but I also like to make money. So there's less there's design build. You talk about complex and about risky. Um, when you built, I built two subdivisions and houses and all this, people get hurt. Uh, there's a lot of liability, but we did. So I, anyway, I focused just in real estate. And I came back and within four or five months, I had some $50,000 commission months because of this book. That's a lot of money to make in a month, $50,000. So that motivated you to reread it? Well, no, I hadn't read it for a while because I went back. I got recalled twice more and I said, I might as well finish up my active duty. I really enjoy the military and I, I think I do a good job. So I went back and finished my active duty and then I wanted to restart a company. So it just takes time. And I... It's, this motivated me, got me going, listening to it again. But it was done in 2001. A lot has changed since then. So some of the techniques may not be applicable, but the principles are all still there. And the whole concept of the book is to um, build a real estate company into a business yourself as an agent. And the first hire you have is assistant. And I always had, because I started out borrowing a lot of money, I always had a office uh, manager, a, a bookkeeper, and people helping me out, a draftsman. And even in this business I'm in now, I'm going to eventually get an assistant. I'm just not sure it's a little different in the new media business, but I will get an assistant. Uh, we will evolve. I'm working right now on the new real estate company. We're going to open our first new office up in um, Truckee. And we also, in Reno. in fact, my wife just got a listing yesterday, which is good. But um, here's, here's what I'm really looking at on training. We're going to build training courses, but they're for my own brokerages right now. And, and we'll carry, Keller Williams created this for his brokerage, but he gave it out to everybody. We'll probably open that up to everybody. But well, here's my brokerage. It's a little different. Um, I see the traditional real estate broker is eventually going to go away. Like it's going to be because of what's online now and Zillow and people finding houses and Facebook ads and all these different things that we're doing that didn't exist. Um, I see, I just did an open house in California for a pretty nice house in a gated community. And we sold it the first day with people who came by and they brought their, we put in the MLS and we put it in uh, Zillow and we used some targeted marketing, but everybody that came, came off our targeted marketing. No one came off the MLS. And then they went and found a real estate agent to write the offer. So my theory is right now, our new program is going to be 
two and a half percent listing where we only put a half a percent in the MLS for the writing offer. Because that's why what's all are worth to write the offer and do it. And the other two percent will go to us for for the marketing and for the other things. So it'll be a two and a half percent listing. Now, if they want to, they can go up to uh, four and a half and give a two and a half to the listing agent. But we think that model is going to work. And so, but I want to do it with teams. I want a listing agent, um, and under a broker, I can hire a listing agent. They'll get a they'll get a great commission as the team leader, and officially uh, assistant to them. And then as it grows, you get a buyer's agent. You evolve. So I want to create these little teams in different cities, try to reduce the brick and mortar. And if we do have an office, it's going to look like a Mac store in front of an Apple store and in those places. And we'll build little teams. Everyone will be a team as opposed to an individual in real estate. That's and that's awesome. my model in real estate. I'm working on that right now. And my hardest sell is my wife, of course. She's a very traditional real estate agent. She's a traditional broker. She's, you know, started with me selling two the subdivisions and built a very good traditional real estate company. But I'm, I'm a new guy. I do things differently. Uh, by the way, the way I made most of my money when I came back, uh, we have a, we, back then we had postcards and marketing in-house because we had the construction. So I would send postcards out to landowners, um, property owners, who could build a house, make 40-acre parcel, 10-acre parcel. We sold them the whole Central Valley. So I started focusing on just building parcels and land. I sold a lot of farmland, a lot of parcels. And... I, we get one listing in one area, we send cards out around it and we get more listings. It just grew, it grew really fast. So I was making really good money. And then of course, 2008 came along. Remember that? Yeah. And we're doing fine, but I also got activated again in 2007. And my wife was concerned. So she shut down one of my, my main offices, all my systems and combined with another company because we we're doing pretty well. And she still did well, even during the recession. But it wasn't the same. I needed to have my own business, my own company, because that my own company got taken over when I went back on active duty. Um, and it worked out well. My wife, it's a team business. So anyway, I love real estate. I mean, real estate, you can make a lot of money over a lifetime. It's a long-term thing. Everyone should have at least one three-bedroom, two-bath rental house somewhere, I think. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, that, you're, you're touching on your entrepreneurial side a little bit, and you're talking about kind of disrupting the way things are done. But a lot of that I think comes from just a unique perspective on seeing value and solving problems. So what, like when, let's say just looking at the real estate industry there, like what problems are you solving or what is, what is broken today that you really want to fix? You know, I think the brokerages are mostly broken. Maybe Keller Williams isn't, but for example, they're still doing things a traditional way, the 6% listing and when I go on and I go to Zillow and Zillow, if you put a little video in the front of Zillow, it drives you to the very top in that area. I mean, just that alone. And when I see like only a handful of agents out of 500 agents, maybe 20 agents putting video in, I'm going, wow. And this is in Zillow. I said, wow, this is like, who's training these people? I mean, this is not hard. I've, I've held them up and, there's, and some agents are still making very good money the traditional way. That's 6%. And that's got to go away. I just think it, it can't last. So to me, the problem is the structure of the traditional brokerage and the mindset. Now, real estate, like everything else, is no like and trust. So it's a relationship-built business. So you have to have relationships. But there's a point where relationships and money, you say, man, is it really worth me spending $10,000 more to use my good friend or my cousin or my niece or something? That's a really good point. And just to tie it back to new media, there was a period in my life where I got into real estate sales and I, I was, you know, learning the internet 
And it always yeah. amazed me that I would do video. I would create videos, even if it was just from a slide, a slide of images, mm-hmm. I would do vit marketing on YouTube. I would build uh, websites for subdivisions. That's how I actually learned yep. WordPress. My first paying client wow. was a subdivision owner. And, um, and it always amazed me. Sometimes I look at other listings on the multiple listing service and people were, would just have a couple pictures or no pictures or, or, I mean, just there's 35 spots, fill it up. You <laughs> fill mean, up all 35. You're at, yeah. when, when were you, when were you in real estate? I was in real estate. I started, uh, just on my own, uh, investing in land and building rentals and getting into, mm-hmm. uh, some construction spec stuff. Um, but so late two thousands and then I, I started selling in 2010 and then from there I quickly transitioned into the online world. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just, I started falling into websites and people started contacting me about all that. And then I started moving around to more, like you said, real estate's a relationship game. You got to kind of stay put for a little bit, which is hard for me, but I've always loved real estate and I've always just seen how easy it could be to disrupt it just by doing things a little differently or and you know, using modern marketing in real estate, it just blows my mind. Uh, right now, I'm actually shopping for real estate and just some of the stuff I see, I'm like, man, this could be a lot better experience for me as a buyer. And I know I, I also see a lot of underrepresented sellers out there. Well, just going up on Zillow, you can find so much so fast if you just know how to track it. And you can look, there's other sources too, of course. But um, yeah, that's interesting. You know, I think it's, real estate is like the last to be just fall apart. And one of the reasons, and I'll tell you why, I'm a licensed broker and my wife's a licensed broker in two states. I'm a licensed broker in California. And California is a really good state for having openness and, and allowing new systems to take place. Other states aren't. And I've got to be careful with this, what I say. I won't say the name of the association, but the realtors all belong to an association. They all have a lobby, they're assemblymen and senators in politics. And there's a lot of things that slow down or protect the real estate agent. And I probably had enough to said there. So yeah, as we break down those... There was a yeah. lot that protected the taxi driving industry. But oh, let's Uber, talk about that. Uber came along, right? So, let's talk about that because that's a good good thing to talk about. All right. Yeah. So well, the, I mean, disruption happens. I mean, yeah. even if it's protected by, um, you know, lobbies or unions or whatever, eventually, like you said, even if you're looking at your good friend and you're like, ah, I don't know if it's worth paying the premium to do it the old way anymore. I got to tell you the Uber story because I, I study Uber. I like Uber a lot. I might go out and be an Uber driver for a while. I've wanted, I'm going to do that. In fact, I am going to be an Uber driver. I want to experience it. But Uber, California is really good. Sacramento, the San Francisco, the base area, they allowed it to grow and it never really got hurt like some of the other states. Uber tried to come into Nevada and I watched it the last few years because I'm really interested in Nevada. They said they just went to Las Vegas. They went into here and they just did it ahead of time. You know, they just did it. They just did it. And they said, you go ahead and throw us out. So the, 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 um, the uh, attorney general of the state who actually got elected to Senate put an order out to stop Uber, right? Uber. And then they okay. fought it and they finally got in. The mayor here of Nevada is very good, of Reno is very good. She got it in, went into Las Vegas. But anyway, it was in and then out for a year and then back in. Now studies have been done. DUIs because the Uber has gone down 25% where it's gone down. Death rates gone down, saved lives. So the politicians, the bureaucrats protecting the cab industry through special interest because they elect them and give them money cause people to die in Nevada, period. Uber saves lives. 
It saves wow. lives, DUIs, and it's much better, and it's a better value, and it allows people to have their own little businesses. But the politicians are holding it back as much as anybody. Well, I mean, if we talk a, talk about education as a as a metaphor or yeah, as a, a different industry, I mean, I'm not claiming that online education and Lifter LMS saves lives or whatever. <laughs> but what I can say is that, um, you know, sometimes if the goal is not to save lives, but to help young people or people of any age become more employable or mm-hmm. have get the tools they need to become entrepreneurs, perhaps, you know, piecing together curriculum online can get you better paying jobs and, uh, you know, better chances of success in business or as an entrepreneur than going to a traditional school. Like we mentioned uh, earlier in in the show, like even just trying to learn new media in a traditional school or a community college, it's, you can't do it. It's not possible. Can't do it. You can learn how to draft. You can do engineering and use principles of construction. But new media, it moves too fast and there's, there's too many smart people out in the line right now. Yeah. And I mean, disruption is all around us. If we look at it, I mean, even podcasting to tie it back into what we were talking about, uh, right, there used to be only so many radio stations and right. uh, even WordPress itself and blogging. Everybody's a publisher now. Everybody's a broadcaster now. Everybody's a teacher yeah. now. So, the, and the cream will rise to the top, which is, and really the best cream is the, 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 the training or the, the media that really helps people get results. That's what matters. Well, let's take a step back to education. And I think education is extremely important. I was a city councilman for six years, vice mayor of a city of 200,000. And I truly believe that education breaks the cycle of poverty. I truly believe that. So if we can educate people and you have to take the expense out of the education and get down so they have the tools available. Um, one of the projects I worked on early, uh, I was on city council around 9-11, was building, um, we'd build affordable housing. We had this HUD money come in and I changed the profile of it because they were usually moms with kids who worked at Walmart and older people. So we made a one strike, you're out. If any drugs, you couldn't stay in there. You had to go to section eight. But the other thing we did is we built this, the, the, the two centers I was able to work on. We built them out ahead of the new developments. So people knew that there was affordable housing there. We made a, a computer center in each of them for learning, believe it or not. And training and education because around 2000, you could go online. It was happening. And by the way, when I was on council, I was elected in 90, um, 96, 97. It was my 30s. I was the only one using email. It was DOS email at the time on city council. All these people were like 20 years older than me. Okay. But so I started seeing these things and we got the computers in, we got the broadband and we built these little centers and they worked. So kids, because that's one of my philosophies is education breaks the cycle of poverty. They're already starting to learn stuff back then, these little computer centers, and people want to be there. There's waiting lists of people to get into those two centers, those two affordable housing. And they're nice areas. They're, so they had quality of life, you had good schools. Um, and the order was amazing. One of the biggest heartaches I had, it was Modesto, California. I was chastised by minorities and all sorts of stuff for voting against building affordable housing downtown Modesto. I said, let's get it out in the communities, out with the people, ahead of the growth. So they have the same areas because they wanted to put like housing downtown. What, what, there's no parks. There's no, the schools yet aren't that great. Get them out with the normal people and get an education. So I'm a big believer in education breaks the cycle of poverty. So anything we can do to help make it easier for people to learn is better. Yeah. Well, we're hundred percent in alignment there. I mean, with Lift LMS, we always knew we would make the core software free. We're more uh, working to make it so that the teachers 
who ultimately end up helping mm-hmm. the students can build training online virtual for free with mm-hmm. uh lifter lms and you know we do have paid add-ons and all that thing but we wanted the free version to be able to go to a place anywhere in the world especially places where the us dollar is is way too strong and have people still have a tool that they could use with you know free wordpress free lifter lms figure out some kind of hosting situation yep. and uh you know and help break that cycle of poverty so that's that's cool I- I've got to tell you another story about free and I'm, I'm in the free too. I like free, but I'm willing to pay and to pay money to people after I've tested it. I know I can use it and not waste money. I, um, I probably use more marketing automation systems than you could possibly imagine. And right now I'm going to probably go full blow on the drip. And I've spent, I'm not going to say the names, but you would know them because sometimes call them confusion soft. <laughs> I won't say the name though, yeah. but I spent like two years on that platform and spent thousands of dollars. And offered, I said, well, why don't you just charge me a hundred bucks as I really get, I'll keep it going and I'll just play with it. And they wouldn't do that because they're very expensive. But Drip offers free for the first 100. Yeah. MailChimp is free at 2000. And MailChimp works great, by the way. I've got a lot of my clients. I, I do some nonprofit work on MailChimp. So I'm on the lifter. I will probably continue ahead on Drip because they gave it to me for free to learn. That's awesome. I, for- I don't, I, I generally will. I, I won't buy something until I learn it somewhat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what the world expects now. And for those of you listening who, who use Lifter LMS, there's a, another developer a company called Very Good Plugins that made a drip connection for Lifter LMS and it goes through some, a tool called WP Fusion. But, uh, but this, this just comes back to disruption. <coughs> Companies like Drip, um, ConvertKit, you know, they, they, they came in, they're later arrivals to the marketing automation CRM market. They're looking at the problems in the marketplace. Uh, They're trying to create more value. They're moving the free line. They're attacking the pain points. This is how innovation happens and it's happening at an accelerating rate. And if you want to have any chance at all, you got to, you got to kind of wrap your head around modern marketing, modern uh, business in general and new media as a tool for communication. So, uh, Tell us, tell us a little bit more about Podcasters Home and, and your goals with that. Before, before we, I do that, I'm going to give one yeah. quick commercial for Lifter LMS. Sure. Um, and it fits right into what you said. You, you were on a podcast, I think it was WP Tonic, and you're on uh, Timelines, which is my fun podcast. Where I was I on MailRite too, I think. Uh, MailRite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the round. You know what? MailRite is doing really well. I, these are shows I started and the co-host, Jonathan, picked up another co-host and the guys did it great. And they've had amazing people on that show. And WP Tonic is just killing it right now with the quality of people. And I still get a lot of benefit from those associations. But let me talk about Lifter. When you're on the show, um, I was going to buy your program. I was actually going to buy it. It was like a hundred bucks or whatever. He said, wait off for a couple of weeks because I can't tell you, but just wait off for a couple of weeks. And it was free a couple of weeks later. So I got the free version and I liked it and I used it. I didn't have to because I was getting good support, but I went and bought your pro series. And that was worth it because it was a little bit faster. But I bought the pro. I just bought the pro. Thank you. And then I still played with it. I built some courses. And then I went back into some, I had to go, you know, I'm trying to be a reserve. So I went back into four months of training back then. And then I, I got out and then you changed your model a little bit. And it was something, I forgot it was a lot of it was free. So I'm totally testing it in the free mode. I still have the... Uh, the, the pro support. And I just bought, you know, a while back your full blown five packet 
developer universe account. bundle. Yeah. yeah, and that's nice. I'm experimenting and playing with your different tools, but that's because I you built trust. And and I also have some of your competitions work too. And I bought some of that. I didn't spend a ton for it because I didn't want to. I have testing. I, I bought it to test. So I'm not going to spend a lot of money to buy a test site. And I've tested it. And it's it's you you have the most universal best bundle I think going. I'm trying to figure out other ways to do things with it too, for membership. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and I appreciate what you're saying about the need to test. And and even um, uh, several weeks ago, from the time you hear this podcast, we rolled out Try Lifter LMS for a dollar, where we actually build a temporary website uh, with the universe bundle, all the add-ons installed. Uh, you can keep, you got the site Ooh. for a week, and if you want to keep it. You can claim your site it has a bunch of demo content. You can start building your course, but then you skip the whole setup or, or you can just let it expire and then go buy the bundle and build it, rebuild it from the ground up yourself. But we're really trying to attack that problem of let's make it easy for people to test because people, especially in the online world, you know, they go from thing to thing to thing to thing. They're like, and there's a switching yeah. cost there. And if they're going to make a big investment in a CRM or an LMS or e-commerce thing, they need to be able to test it and make sure that it's got what they, the goods, you know. That's a good segue into podcasting because if you want to, podcasting alone is podcasting. It's just like FM radio, you're just talking, listening. But if you want to add the third dimension, you need a website. So what I find is, not, Lifter might have the same issue, is people have to learn the basics of WordPress to run Lifter, right? Yeah. How do you teach them that? Well, we have a course on our uh, our demo site. Uh, we actually license a course from Sean Heskis of okay. WP101. So we, ha- we have his WordPress training course that I always recommend when you're just getting started, spend a couple hours with that course just to get familiar with w- WordPress, then spend an hour or two with our Lifter course. And with that foundation, now you're ready to roll. So. As I evolved with my business and companies, we offered um, what I call a quick WordPress platform, delivered, set up. And I use Sean's uh, training too, same as you did, the license training. But now I've gone off to start building our own training. But Sean has the best training out there. He's one of my heroes out there towards the quality of uh, building courses. And he knows code Absolutely. inside and out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's definitely fact, a great example. Sean, I've taken one of Sean's themes. Well, I know which child theme he's using on Genesis because we both use Genesis. I wonder how long he's going to stay on Genesis. I don't know. Because Genesis, you have to know uh, PHP, you have to know CSS, you have to know a little code. So I had to learn some code. But I'm going right now, I'm looking, I'm doing a deep dive into um, a Beaver Builder and their and and form. I thought I'd never do that. I was just using Beaver Builder on top of Genesis. But uh, one of my friends who here in Reno has a very successful online business who is autodealer.com, I'll, I'll plug him, top dealership plug-in worldwide. For selling, use, for selling cars. Um, he has gone off the Genesis framework and he's gone into Beaver Builder for their yeah. everything. Beaver Builder is great. And uh, the, as when you're listening to this, they will have released Beaver Themer and uh, they're just, they just continue. Ooh, it just neat. gets better and better with time. And uh, that's actually uh, one of our number one recommendations is, uh, you know, using uh, the Beaver Builder as a page builder. And we've got a really close eye on Beaver Themer, and we do whatever we can to collaborate with those guys. It's yeah. a great company and great product and a great community. That's great. So anyway, Podcasters Home, if you just go to podcastershome.com, you can Google podcastershome.com, you'll hit a landing page and you can sign up there and stay alert. And behind that, there's all sorts of different things and elements. 
freebies. Also, you know, I launched the free course, uh, Podcaster's Home, and it's called all different names because the SEO, but it's, a, it's basically a free podcasting course to teach you podcasts within four hours. And I'll tell you what, I've been making money every day off of the purchases that people are doing on Amazon because of that free course. That's awesome. People wow. give back. So I'm planning on launching a new podcast, just a personal, uh, personal brand podcast. And I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to go through your training and, you know, really just simplify and sharpen the saw and get ready for, uh, you know, podcasting and using your methods. So well, wait for the two hour course. It's going to be up. I have to go to a wedding and my son's getting married this week in Cincinnati. So I'm going to a wedding and the two hour course is going to be up. I think um, that the one now is fine, but the two hour course, I want to make it more clear and concise. It's going to be free. And what I'm putting behind that is uh, using an iPhone, which is fine. You can do great sound with an iPhone. There's no, I mean, you can do amazing sound with an iPhone and creating a podcast. But what I'm doing is I'm creating some of the more older traditional ones in the, I, and I had the name of Basecamp for my basic course. But I started seeing your spaceship sort of motivated me. My daughter, who's in graphic design, created a new logo and played around on site. And we're looking at, so I've sort of changed the space theory. Awesome. <laughs> so the lifters there. I have lifters in my sandbox, you know. So anyway, podcastershome.com. It's free right now. It's going to grow into some more advanced things. But I'll tell you what we found is um, eventually we're going to take it where you have a business model for real estate or whatever it might be. So really, you start out with a podcast. You got to learn uh, WordPress, I would say. You don't have to. But you learn WordPress or the basics of WordPress. And then you can go different directions, whether you want to create your own courses. You want to um, podcast in your community. You want to podcast for real estate. Oh, I didn't even mention that. My, po- my personal podcast where I interview people in timelines has made $30,000 in commission in real estate. We can track it directly to it. Wow. It's like in terms of uh, clients? Referrals. Yeah. What happened is we're new in Reno. I, we didn't know anybody. I interviewed the mayor. I've interviewed some key people. Their friends listen to it and their family listens to it. And you throw a little, my wife is karenconrad.com and they just put a little ad in there at the end, use karenconrad.com. And That's awesome. You get lead, you meet people, you know, and they get to know my wife and that's how we built that. that so. It's fun. Value. I mean, so Create you have two po- content. What podcast do you have right now? The lift, Lifter. Right now it's just LMS cast, which is, yeah, a, LMS cast, yeah. which is for lifter podcast.lifterlms.com. Mm-hmm. But that's it. That's what, that's what I have. And then what's your personal one going to be about? Um, just a lot of topics that interest me. Cause I can, I like you am, um, I have a lot of different interests that don't necessarily always overlap. I mean, they overlap for me, but I know there's other people out there who have these similar things. They might be into having a, you know, strong family or care about education care about digital entrepreneurship, care about healthy living, care about having fun and all these different things. Uh, So I just want to, you know, I'm really into online education, obviously, but um, Mm -hmm. just to have a place where I can expand a little bit. I think you should keep one podcast like you have online education focused so you have you build your listener base because if you go off and you build this podcast that has like eclectic and everything on it, your listener base is going to be eclectic and yeah. it's going to, it may not build, but you're sure going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. So I've played around with that model. You've got to keep one standard, but I think everyone should have their primary podcast, which is the podcast that is one theme, one, one niche down area. But then I think you should do a very general podcast. You can even change the name of it. I'm, I'm playing around with keeping streams and even changing the direction of that podcast. And the Ron Bill show is just like a fun show. It's not going to be up forever. 
By the way, uh, Podcasters Home, the demo site's the Ron and Bill show. And you know Ron, yeah. Elder. <laughs> and uh, it's just kind of, that's all done, mostly done on an iPhone, that whole show. So, and, and using um, tools that you're not supposed to use in podcasting, like ScreenFlow. It's actually, so far, every course has been edited on ScreenFlow and, and run through um, uh, G, uh, Google or YouTube and then put up on the podcast. So you know what you're getting. That's the basic course. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Bill Conrad, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sharing your story and your insights with us. And for those of you listening, I, I strongly encourage you to check out podcastershome.com and get going with all that. But uh, Bill, thank you again for coming on the show. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate coming on the show and uh, have to have you back on as a regular on, uh, by the way, one thing, timelines, timelines, my interview, I'm seriously thinking about like building a cadre of regulars to come on. We're really interesting people. And then inter- put some other folks in there too, because I think it's good to hear from you every few months and see what has changed because you are so connected. Yeah. Well, count me in. I'll be, I'll be a regular on your show. I'd be honored. All right. Thanks so much.